0: Welcome to, or perhaps back to Safe Talk with Safe Start. I'm your host, Danny Smith. And on the agenda today is the value of near-miss reporting, or as many refer to it, near-hit reporting. You know, Several years ago, I had the pleasure of spending the entire week on a single job site. And I say pleasure because if you're on the road as much as I and many of our consultants are, you really begin to appreciate just a single trip to the airport to and from the airport, that is, each week, as opposed to having to make multiple hops, if you will. More importantly, it also means you don't have to pack and unpack multiple times. And you can imagine, with a lot of travel, a lot of that stuff, it's easy to turn into what my co-host of the podcast, Tim Page Bodorf calls a traveling zombie. All right, so enough of the dissertation on woe is me and the travel woes. Uh, I, I really do like being on site with a client for several days. Because it allows me to get a sense of how things are really going at that particular facility. During the training week that I mentioned, uh, I emphasized the importance of nearness reporting to each and every class. And a few weeks later, I received a call from their plant manager, who, by the way, really, really nice guy. I mean, I'd even had lunch with him one day while I was at the plant. But when he called, um, let's just say he didn't seem real happy with me at the time. Now, what he called to tell me was, that he was really concerned and frankly a little aggravated because his near miss reports had skyrocketed since I'd left the facility. Now, his somewhat exact words were, What the heck? That's the word I edited, by the way. Did you tell my people? <laughs> my near miss reporting has just skyrocketed, it's gone up so much since you left. It's It's like I'm getting reports of things from just about everybody on our staff. You see, he perceived that as a problem. And well, it took me a few minutes to convince him that the exact opposite was actually true. So in case you encounter someone like that, or maybe you yourself even question that at times, why is near-miss reporting a good thing or why is an increase in that specifically a good thing? Well, let's spend a little bit of time unpacking that and talking about some of the benefits that come from good near-miss reporting systems. But before we do that, let's take a quick look at the anatomy of a near-miss. Really and truly, a near-miss is separated from injuries primarily by luck. As we talk about in Safe Start, luck really isn't a a good strategy for pragmatic people such as you and I. Imagine if you think about a, a fork truck that has a leaky hydraulic hose that develops over a shift. Nobody notices it during the shift, and it hasn't been inspected at the beginning of the next shift because it's a few minutes before the start of that shift. Let's say that you and maybe one of your production supervisors are walking through that area. You're not really thinking about things. Maybe you're talking about the production schedule for the day, perhaps discussing someone who had called in sick and how you're going to get folks shifted around to cover for that person pretty easy to see how your eyes and perhaps your mind cannot be on the task that you're doing, which is in that case, just walking through the warehouse. You step into the puddle of the hydraulic fluid, but with the help of your coworker, you manage to regain your balance without becoming the next TikTok star on the closed circuit cameras, right? That's a near miss. Now, obviously, the first thing you got to do is secure the area with some co- sort of barrier system and, and get it cleaned up, right? Because The next person may not be as lucky, there's that word again, as you were, and they could fall and break something, maybe even suffer a severe sprain or strain. But obviously, we don't need to stop there. Fill out a new near-miss report and then turn it in. With a leak on a hydraulic truck, that's an obvious thing. I mean, it's clean up, replace the hose. That's what needs to take place. But let's say it's a different scenario that results in a slip and fall. What if there's water on the floor because of an intermittent roof leak? Or maybe condensation from an overhead AC unit that's dripped onto the floor. In those cases, it may not be there all the time. So seeing several near-miss reports might help us to find a problem that we may not recognize, again, because it's simply not present all the time. And that brings me to a real key point here in a healthy near-miss reporting system there should always be follow-up perhaps a change in inspection procedures in order uh, going back to the forklift uh, perhaps in fact inspecting the lifts not only at the beginning of the shift but also throughout the shift at various times or maybe specifically at the end of the shift would help in our previous scenario um, with the roof leak or the ac condensation might be something where you have to clearly mark off the area until the repairs can be made. And that brings us to another really crucial thing here. Regardless of the actions taken after a near-miss report, you need to be sure to communicate that back to everyone. And I find this especially important when you have something like the roof leak issue we touched on. A simple posting on the employee bulletin board or or at a pre-shift meeting talking about, hey, we've got the roofers coming out, but it's going to be early next week before they can get here. They've got a lot of other folks that are on their tickets and work orders before they can get here. So we block that area off. By the way, if you spot any other leaks, let me know so we can make sure we get those fixed too while they're out here. We'll cord those areas off as well. That goes a long, long way as far as getting people to participate. It sends a message to to your folks that you really value your people and their near-miss reports. We often talk about free learning opportunities when no one was hurt or no equipment or product was damaged. But the fact is, in many cases, as I said a moment ago, we were just lucky. Proper near-miss reporting is all about identifying and correcting issues before the luck runs out, like using the Safe Start Critical Error Reduction Techniques, Near-miss reporting keeps us from solely relying on luck. Now, some folks think that near-miss reporting applies only to safety, but keep in mind as well, it can apply to a lot of other things that cause production interruptions or quality defects as well. It's also important to remember that not all near-misses are equal. Therefore, you need to kind of rank them by priority based on the potential severity of the outcome and likelihood to repeat. So make sure you prioritize those and obviously work on them in that order. When you're teaching folks, by the way, about the critical error reduction techniques, I mentioned those a moment ago, um, quite often when we're talking about the second one, analyzing close calls, people will ask the question, well, isn't that the same thing as near-miss reporting? And while they're similar in nature, I think there are a few key differences that we need to talk about. So, let's take a moment and unpack that as well. Well, the first thing is obviously that the critical error reduction technique of analyzing close calls is a personal skill that we're all working on, whereas near-miss reporting is more of a process that organizations implement. Another thing I see with many near-miss reporting systems is they don't always address the human factors involved in a situation. Or if they do, they often result in blaming or disciplining someone. By the way, if you're looking for a great way to reduce the number of near-miss incidents you have reported, there's your golden ticket right there. Now, obviously, I say that very sarcastically. As with SafeStart, you got to keep discipline and blame out of your near-miss reporting system or else you literally will stop receiving the near-miss reports, right? What I found is near-miss reporting systems tend to focus on what do we need to fix, a piece of equipment, the leaky roof, whatever it is. That's great. I mean, especially if there's a specific item needing to be addressed, like the leaky roof or the forklift that we mentioned before. But also, don't forget to include some of the tools and ideas that we discussed when we analyze close calls remember to use that lens of the state-to-error risk pattern to help us determine what we need to be working on personally as well. Perhaps it's focusing on the telltale signs of rushing, frustration, or fatigue so that we can better self-trigger in the moment. Or perhaps it's practicing a particular safety-related habit if we need to counteract complacency. Now, you've likely heard me say this before, but it's really worth repeating. We're all humans, we're very complex, and we all have these human factors that affect us. And what Larry Wilson really gave us with this four by four by four technology, four states, four errors, four critical error reduction techniques, is a very efficient tool to apply to a very complex problem related to human factors. So, Safe Start and using Safe Start and the Safe Start tools to analyze accidents or near misses really helps to reinforce those concepts as you're teaching them as well. And it also just really helps to engage folks at all levels uh, in solving some problems. So remember, a robust and active near-miss reporting system can help to increase engagement. It can help to uh, inspire folks to take ownership of things throughout the organization. It really helps to reinforce workers' self-esteem. And in an age where transparency is needed more than ever, Let's go back for a moment to uh, the plant manager that I mentioned earlier who gave me the phone call when he was not so happy with me. Uh, you know, the near misses that he was talking about that were being reported, do you think they were already there before I made the statement to his employees, hey, be sure to report the near misses? Sure they were. You know, if you think back to things like Heinrich's Pyramid, and I know there's a bit of controversy about that as late in the safety community. I get that. But one thing Heinrich did get right was the proportionality of the relationships between some of the things that were happening. Maybe not the numbers, maybe not some of the methodology. That is to say that you and I have experienced more near misses than we have minor injuries, more minors than majors, and more majors than SIFs. You get the idea. Um, And here's the thing. We really, again, have to make sure that we capitalize on those times When it is a close call, it is a near-miss, and the learning is free, if you will, without the pain, the suffering, the equipment damage, the product damage, the loss of quality, you name it, right? And near-miss reporting systems can help to go a long way in doing that. So that's it for today. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. And as always, please share this podcast with others in the organization. I'm Danny Smith for Safe Talk with Safe Start. Also, don't forget our Human Factors Conference coming up November 8th and 9th in Kissimmee, Florida. We'd love to have you join us there. For more information, you can call your client manager or perhaps visit the website www.humanfactors, that's factors with an S, humanfactorsconference.com. Have a great day.